0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Hey, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Fellowship Church on midweek service. We're so delighted that you can be with us here tonight. Praise God. You know, the Bible says this is the day the Lord has made, so we're going to rejoice, hallelujah, and be glad in it. Aren't you glad for every day that heaven affords you the privilege of being able to come together with people of like precious faith and magnify Jesus. I'm telling you, you know, uh, the Bible makes it clear, and we know this by the Spirit of God, that Jesus is coming again. Glory to God. In the same way that He has gone, He will come back. Glory to God. So we have that hope, that blessed hope within our hearts, and I hope that you're, you're sensing that within your own spirit with the excitement of His soon return. Tonight I've got a great message for you I want to share with you. It's, it's, it's entitled, uh, Marching to the Beat of a Different Drummer. Huh? You know, uh, I'm sure that you've been to some kind of an event or parade or whatever, you know, and you'll see all the marching bands, you know, they go by. And, and the reality is, is that everyone is marching to the cadence of the drum section. Even like, you know, the majorette or whoever it is that's, you know, leading the, the, the band, everyone is marching to this particular individual and to the cadence that they provide as drummers, you know. And so, you know, the same thing's really true in life. When we think about our own personal lives and whether we realize it or not, you know, everyone is 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 being influenced, and maybe that's the the thing to talk about in the context of this. Everyone is influenced by different and various things. It could be, you know, because of uh, it could be public opinion. It could be, you know, popular culture. You know, a lot of people they're you know chasing whatever it is that happens to be the the most popular thing going on right now, could be politics, could be hobbies, could be your career, could be religion. You know, the list is long. But the fact of the matter is, is, you know, if we want our lives to turn out good, in other words, if we want to, as the Bible describes, have good success, then I'd like to suggest to you tonight, and I know you know this, this isn't anything new to anybody, but I'd like to suggest to you tonight, praise God, that the thing that makes for the very best life is following Jesus, and not only that, but following him closely. Another way that we could really put that is is to be a doer of the word. Of course, Jesus isn't here you know, in the flesh, You know, he's at the right hand of the Father. But you know, when we follow him, really what we're doing is we're following what he has said or the Word of God. Hallelujah. I tell you what, I am so excited about God's living Word because it is the pathway for any person's life towards success. No matter how messed up or damaged your life is, maybe or has become, I'm telling you what, if you will apply God's living word to the problems of your life or the things that are going on within your life, I mean, God can heal. He can mend. He can restore. He can redeem. He can bring blessing back into your life. Glory to God. And it's all because of what the Bible says. You know, in the scriptures, The Bible says in the Psalms, it says that God sends his word. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Why is that important? Because that's the way that God does, or I could say it this way, that's the way that God interacts with humanity, is that he sends his word, he sends his living Promise to an individual, and he says, Here it is, this is what I will do. If you'll do this, this is what I will do. He sends his word, glory to God, and like it says, delivers us from our destructions. What's that mean? That just simply means that, you know, when you discover what the Word of God says, what it is that God has declared, and you agree with it when you receive it, when you accept it, when you decide this is what I'm going to follow, this is the drum that I'm going to allow to influence my life, you know, that's when life changes. You know, and every person that has ever come into the kingdom of God can attest to the simple fact that when they decided to become a follower of Jesus, everything changed. Hallelujah. And thank God for that. Glory be to God. You know, and so again, you know, if you really want life to turn out good, the way that it happens is by following him and following him closely. You know, Jesus made the statement to his disciples. He said, follow me. Of course, he said, if you'll follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. But thank God, you know, that not only changed their life in the context of their vocation and what it is that they did for the rest of their life, but when they followed him, his pattern, as he taught them the Word of God and what it is that the Bible had to say, it altered, it literally, I mean, just absolutely changed their life forever, and thank God it's done that for so many other people in the generations that have followed. The Bible tells us that Jesus went about all the cities and villages, and it says that he taught in their synagogues, he preached the gospel of the kingdom, and he healed every sickness and every disease among the people. That's in Matthew chapter 9 and 35. So, Jesus went to all the cities and villages, not just a few of them, he went to all of them. You know, as a matter of fact, he commissioned 70 uh, disciples along with his uh, 12 disciples, and they went to all the cities and villages prior to his coming and, and talked or preached the kingdom of God, and then he followed up with them. And so he went to all of these cities and villages, and he taught them. He taught them the word of God. He revealed or declared or he opened to them the scriptures, as it were, so that they could know God's will. So that, Did you know that you can know God's will in your life? A lot of people, you know, are living under the mistaken idea, you know, that God is so mysterious and you can't always necessarily know what his will is. Sure you can. It's right here in the Bible. Thank God for that. Amen. And we can find buried treasure in here called the Bible, the Word of God. But again, he went teaching, teaching the people. In other words, he understood that if he was going to help humanity, he was going to have to teach them what God had said. And so he taught them. He preached about the gospel of the kingdom. And and we know that Nicodemus was a religious ruler of that day. And he testified that Jesus was a teacher that had come from God. In other words, they surmised that he had to be from God because it said no one could do the things or the miracles which he did. So those miracles became credentials for Jesus' testimony or his, his uh, declared word. And it, 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 it forced, if that's the right way to say it, people to at least give attention to what it is that he was saying. Thank you, Jesus. And what's important for us to understand in the context of that <clears throat> is that if Jesus was in fact a teacher come from God, now come on, and I know that you know that and I know that you believe it, and he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom, then what he taught and how he taught it ought to become extremely interest. I mean, we should become extremely interested in what it is that he has to say. Why? Because what it is that Jesus said is true. Why do I emphasize this? Because unfortunately, not everyone is of that persuasion. You know, they might hear the Bible or hear the Word of God, hear the truth, but they say, well, you know, that's good for you, and, you know, I'm not so much interested in that, or I've got my own way of thinking, I want to do this, that, or the other. Of course, that's their prerogative. But I'm telling you that if you want to have success in life, if you want to have good success, as the Bible describes, then you're going to have to get in step with, you're going to have to march to the beat of a different drummer, and his name is Jesus, and when you do, then of course, praise God, life changes, and it changes for the good, my brother and sister. So thank God for what it is that he taught. But again, what he taught and how he taught should be of particular interest and attention to us because, you know, what it is that he taught would be the truth, and it would cause or bring good success in your life. I don't know about you, but I believe that Jesus spoke the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. He said, if you'll continue in my word what I say, declare, and testify to, then you're my disciples indeed, and you will come to know the truth. And that truth... Glory to God will make you free. I don't know about you, but I tell you what, praise God, it's good to be happy with Jesus. Hallelujah. It's good to know him. It's good to be a follower of him. It's it's good for you and I as believers, praise God, to magnify his name because of our obedience to what it is that he has said. Glory to God. Well, again, I said, you know, a lot of times people don't do that. They go their own way and they end up, you know, um, in a lot of different things and uh, unfortunately cause a lot of harm. But like I said earlier, I'm telling you, God can redeem the biggest messes that people have ever conjured up if they'll just turn to him and say, Jesus, I need you. Glory to God. So I hope that you'll look to him in all of your ways. Now, you know, um, one of the habits that this teacher who had come from God that, Nicodemus testified to that had to have come from God. One of the ways that he taught uh, was by way of illustration. We call them parables. A parable is simply a, a, uh, an earthly story which illustrates a spiritual truth in other words what Jesus did is he took something that you and I could relate to you know he'd talk about the fowl of the air he'd talk about the lilies of the field you know he'd use some kind of a natural example that you and I could connect with and he would tie it to the biblical principles and truths of God's word and so in one place, Mark chapter 4, we're going to look there if you want to grab your Bible and uh, open it up there, or a device that you're using, Mark chapter 4, you know, he begins to teach the people that were at this venue, the place that he found himself to be in, and he started teaching them. He started teaching them the Word of God. And in his teaching, he began to reveal the kingdom of God and how it operates it's, it's it's function. Why am I saying this to you? Because what you and I need to realize is, is that Jesus was just not taking up space and wasting people's time. He was taking what it is that he knew about the kingdom of heaven, and he was bringing it into a relatable kind of uh, story, as it were, to be able to help people understand the function, and the operation of the kingdom of God. Again, why am I emphasizing this? Because a lot of times people, for lack of a better way of saying it, they just, they blow off what it is that Jesus said. They don't really take stock or or esteem or value what it is that he said and, and make an application of it in their life, or maybe a better way that it could be said is, is you know, they hear what it is that, they, that he has said, but they don't believe it. You know, somehow or another it just gets past them and, and, and they go away. I don't want you to do that tonight. Tonight, when we read this parable, which you've probably read many times, I want you to read it with fresh eyes. I want you to read it in a new way. I want you to read it with, with careful uh, attention to what Jesus is saying because, again, he's telling us the truth. He's, tell, he's revealing some truth to us here in this parable. Why? So that we can make an application of it in our lives so that we can understand the function and the operation of God's kingdom so that we can get in step to again marching to the beat of a different drummer named Jesus. So if you would please look with me in Mark chapter 4 and verse 1. We're going to start at the very beginning of this and read through the ninth verse. It says that Jesus began... Again, to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship, and he sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was uh, by the sea on the land. And he taught them. Everybody say that, he taught them. So he began to teach them. He said, he taught them many things by parables, and he said to them in his doctrine or his teaching, he said, hearken or listen. Behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed. Some fell by the wayside, and the fowl of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, uh, where it had not much earth, and immediately sprang up, but it had no root or depth uh, of earth. And then in verse 6 it says, But when the sun was up, it was scorched, because it, it had no root, and it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. Others fell on good ground, and it did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some 100. And then he said to them, he said, if any man has ears to hear, let him hear. Now I find that interesting because it was like Jesus said, I'm going to tell you the truth about kingdom function. And how it operates, and I'm just going to leave it out there for you, and you can make your own decision whether or not you want to believe it. You know, sometimes we don't really think about you know uh, these things in this manner, but you know, Jesus was often in the habit of telling people the truth and then simply walking away and letting them decide what they were going to do about it. You know, somehow or another, you know, we get this mistaken idea, you know, that God's trying to beg us you know, to do this or that or the other. And certainly he has our interests at heart. There's no one that loves us more than he does. He wants us to know the truth and and to be set free. But at the end of the day, he can't do any more than to tell you what the word of God or what his word or his will is. And then it's left up to you. And so he just said, anybody that's got ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, don't let this pass you by. Don't miss the truth that's in this. Make sure that you are listening to what it is that I'm telling you because I am telling you the truth. So as we go on reading here, you'll notice um, in verse 10, it says that when he was alone the disciples ask him about the parable because they could relate to the foul of the air coming down and getting whatever's, I mean, a lot of times you'll see turkeys, you know, and they'll come up on the side of the roads, you know, and you say, what are they doing? Well, of course, they're probably getting some grit or gravel or some sand or something, you know, for their jo- digestive system. But you know, the thing about it is, is when trucks are going up and down the road, a lot of times, you know, grain and different things will actually blow off onto the sides of the road. So they're picking it up and they're having a big old time and feasting. Well, so we understand that, and, and the disciples, of course, seeing these birds that have come and, you know, and taken these things up, they could relate to you know, when things were planted in the ground or if it was rocky, you know, it didn't last very long, and, you know, and then, of course, if it was amongst weeds. We all can relate to that. So the disciples said, well, give us the explanation. Tell us, tell us what this means. And Jesus said, to you, it's given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to those that are without or unregenerate, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not understand, and hearing they may hear and, and, not, and not get it. Now notice, and it goes on to say, lest at any time they should be converted. In other words, when there comes a place of repentance, when they, they find that they need Jesus, and not only do they need Jesus, but they're, they're willing to give him all of their heart, soul, and mind, everything, submit themselves to him. Then all of a sudden the doors open, the lights come on, and we begin to see things that we've never, ever seen before. And that's just the nature of the kingdom of heaven and the way that it operates. And then he said this in verse 14. He says, the sower that I was talking about in this parable sows the word. Everybody say the word. Yes, the sower sows the word. Hallelujah. Thank God. And then he, be, he begins to give this explanation. And uh, he says in verse 15, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard Satan... Now listen, again, I want to emphasize the fact Jesus is telling you and he's telling me something about kingdom function. And, and he is telling us exactly what happens in the lives of people. So in this particular verse, he's saying that the, the seed that's sown, you know, along the roadside and the birds or the fowl of the air is Satan, literally. The devil, notice what it says, comes immediately, takes away the word that is sown within their heart. You say, what's that look like? Well, when somebody hears the truth, they'll just say, I don't believe that. You know, that's just a bunch of hooey. You know, those people, they just need, you know, religion is a crutch. I don't need that. Well, who's helping them, you know, to, to think these thoughts? Who is it that's leading them down this path? Who is it that's beating their drum and they're buying into it and saying, I don't need that. Well, of course, the devil is. And he's got all kinds of things that he uses to you know, trip people up and to disrupt their thinking and so on and so forth. But again, he says here, these by the wayside are the, where the word's sown. When they've heard Satan comes immediately, You know, he doesn't, he doesn't want to allow the word of God to ever take root within your heart because he knows that when it does, not only will it change your life, but he'll lose his hold over you. Hallelujah. So he comes immediately to take the word that is sown within your heart. Verse 16, these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they've heard the word immediately, they they receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves. Hmm, what's that mean? Well, I'd like to suggest to you that, you know, that really what it's saying is, is that they have no inward conviction. You know, praise God, you got to let the Word of God convict you of its truth so that you can become established, so that you'll be unmovable, you know. And, and the truth is, is if you don't get to that place in your life where the Word is concerned, you know, some people have said you have to make the Word final authority. That's a good way to put it. You know, I'm telling you what, you gotta, you got to drive a stake down in the ground of your life, and you have to say, you know what, I believe God's living Word I'm choosing to let it be the final authority in my life when it comes you know to my conduct, my behavior, all of these different kinds of things. but if but if it's you know shallow, if your life is shallow, you know, and you're just kind of here and there and everywhere, well, it's like this scripture dis, uh, describes they have no root in themselves, and so you know they 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 endure for a while, but then when When the rubber meets the road, when affliction or persecution arises, for the word's sake, and and my dear brother and sister, it is going to arise. Why? Because you're choosing to march to the the beat of a different drummer. You're going to follow Jesus. And when that happens, there's persecution that comes your way. You know, it's just like he said, afflictions, persecutions arising for your obedience to what the Bible has to say. Well, so they don't last very long, and they're the ones that are amongst the stony ground. Now, notice also with me, if you would, in verse 18, um, you know, it's in, in the 17th verse, it says immediately they're offended or they stumble. And I've seen it so many times. After four decades of ministry, I've watched people come into the kingdom of God. They get excited about God's Word, but they don't hold on to it. You know, something happens and, you know, uh, all of a sudden, you know, they're no man's land, you can't find them. And they stumble and they fall away. It doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't love them. It doesn't mean that God or Jesus doesn't want them to have the best in life, but they've made decisions, poor ones. You know, that's why thank God for people of like, precious faith. Surround, your pe- surround yourself with people that love Jesus that are walking in the Word of God that will encourage you in your faith that, you know, when you're not thinking quite right, praise God, they can come along and say, what's the matter with you, man? Come on, you got to get yourself together and you need to start believing what the Bible has to say. In other words, you know, they, 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 they steer you back where it is that you belong. Hallelujah. You know, no man is an island. I mean, we need one another and we need good, sound, solid, uh, you know, doctrine and instruction to keep us going down the right path. Otherwise, man, you, who knows? Knows where you'll end up. Well, anyway, in this story, we can see that they were uh, they stumbled and they fell away. Verse eighteen: These are they which are sown on among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, or the excessive pursuit of other things. Well, you know, I love Jesus, but I, you know, I'm I'm this, I'm that, I'm going to do this, I want to do that. Well, you can do that, you know, but um, you know, there is a mandate. He called us to be followers of Him. And it isn't that, you know, you can't, you know, if the Bible says that if you'll delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of your heart. So it isn't that He's opposed to you enjoying life or things, and nothing can be further from the truth, but we need to keep first things first. Are you listening to me? So in this particular situation, He's talking about the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, or the strong desires of, you know, a myriad of different things that people have, excessive pursuits that they have within their lives, choke the word, and it, the word, becomes unfruitful. In other words, somehow or another, you just can't find it anymore because it's been overwhelmed. (coughs) Excuse me. And then, you know, as we go down here in verse 20, thank God for verse 20, because it says, these are they which are sown on good ground. Everybody say, I'm good ground. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah sown on good ground, such as hear the word, accept it, huh? come on, and bring forth fruit. Glory to God, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Glory be to God. And then he said, he asked this question, he says, you know, uh, he said to them, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel? or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick for there is nothing hidden or hid which shall not be manifested neither was anything kept secret but that it should be or that it should come abroad what what, what did he mean by that what was he talking about well he said is a candle you know when you have a candle you know isn't it brought you know, to be put on a candlestick or placed in, a, in a, a position to where it can provide light in the room. And in other words, he says, you don't stick it under the bed. You put it someplace where. And, and what's he saying here? What's he? Well, he's addressing, listen to me now, he's addressing the very question that these disciples were asking when they said, explain this parable. So the parable is an explanation. In other words, it is the light, hallelujah, of, of what it is that he was talking about and, and endeavoring. And he said there's nothing that is uh, hidden that is not going to be revealed. So really it's nothing more than a direct response from Jesus to their asking what that parable meant. And, and really what he's saying to you and I tonight is, is he says, I want you to know. I want you to know how my or the kingdom of God functions so that you will be able to deal wisely in the affairs of life, not allow yourself to be led down, you know, some other path that you shouldn't be on, but rather keep the word, you know, front and center foremost within your life, following its path, hallelujah, listening to its cadence you know, for your life and where it is that God wants you to go. Because he wants you to know, my friend. I mean, God gave us his word so that we could know what the will of the Lord is. So he said, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So when we read this parable, Jesus is saying, this is the way the kingdom functions. This is what happens in people's lives. Don't let it happen to you. Be the one that is good ground. You're the one that makes the decision about, you know, what kind of ground you're going to be. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of times people make excuses. They say, well, you know, I didn't have this. I didn't have that. I didn't have the other. And, you know, I think all of us probably could find something or maybe a lot of things you know, to, to try to kind of trip us up and making excuses. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is it doesn't make any difference where you've come from. I'm telling you, God's living word, man, it can redeem anyone. It can change your whole life, praise God. And you could just say in your own heart, you know what? I'm that person. I am going to be the one, glory to God, where God's living word becomes a path for my feet and I'm going to march in the direction that Jesus wants me to go in because I'm telling you what, he's got good things in store for me and I'm going to follow him. Hallelujah. So, dear friend, I'm telling you, thank God for his living word. But when it comes to your success in life, and it doesn't make any difference where we're, what we're talking about, if you're talking about parenting, if you're talking about relational kinds of things, you know, as a husband and wife, or even with other people, that type of thing, uh, when it comes to finance, when it comes to your health, your well-being, so on and so forth, all of these different things, everything hinges on what you do. Listen, in everything. I'm telling you, everything hinges on what you do with the Word of God, what you decide that you're going to believe. Hallelujah. The Bible says, believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe also his prophets. And Jesus was a prophet and he said, so will you prosper. Everybody say it together. Thank God for his living word. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, and again, you know, when I talk about this, everything hinges on what you do with it. I'm talking about, again, how you, uh, how you esteem, how you, you value, how you regard, how you practice the Word of God. You know, if you want to, you can let your flesh dominate you, you know. And if, and if you allow your flesh to dominate you, it'll take, a, take you down a path you don't want to go down. But thank God we can resist the devil, and and the Bible says that he'll flee from us. We don't have to be dominated by our flesh. Thank God we can renew our minds to the Word of God and let our spirit, the real us, the real person, dominate our lives and we can be blessed. Let's look at another verse real quickly. Turn over to to, uh, um, Joshua chapter uh, 1, Joshua chapter 1, hallelujah. Thank God for His Word, amen? Amen. Uh, Let me give you a couple examples before we read this verse of Scripture, but I want to give you a couple examples. For example, you know, we're talking about making an application of the Word of God. He's talking about hearing the Word of God, accepting it, receiving it. You know, the Bible has some things to say about work and diligence. You know, now, uh, a lot of times people, they don't get excited when you start talking about work and diligence, but you know, the reality is, is because of the fall, we all got to (laughs) work. You know, that's just the way it is. You want to make a living, you're going to have to work. But the reality is, is, you know, uh, um, a lot of people, unfortunately, they don't want to hear the Word of God when it comes to this aspect of their life. They want somebody else to do it for them. You know, right now, you know, we've got people in the government and they want to give everybody a handout and they want to, you know, do everything for you. I can tell you right now, that ain't never going to work because that is counterintuitive. It has absolutely no bearing whatsoever on kingdom principle. But the Bible says this, Uh, when uh, Paul was writing to the church there in Thessalonica, he made this statement. He said, even when we were with you, we commanded you this, that if if anybody does not work, neither shall they eat. Now, I didn't make this up. You know, I I mean, I wish I could change the rules, but this is the way, if you don't work, you don't eat. That's all there is to it. He said, uh, for we hear that there are some among you who uh, uh, walk disorderly or in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but they're busybodies. God can't bless that. You know, if you're looking for a handout, it's one thing to have a hand up. It's another thing to always be looking for a handout. If somebody will help me get started, praise God, I guarantee you that I can get myself going in the right direction and I'll be blessed. But if all you're ever wanting is a handout, you want somebody else to do everything for you, dear friend, life is not going to be pleasant. It will not be fun. And it won't be God's fault. It won't be your neighbor's fault. It won't be your mom and dad's fault. It'll be because you've made some decisions that are poor, but you can change that, thank God. The Bible says that if anyone does not provide for himself and for his own, especially for those of his household, that he has denied the faith. In other words, you know, when we're not taking care of our business, we're not people of faith. I'm just believing God. No, you're not. You're just making a fool out of yourself because you're not doing what the Bible has to say. And I tell you what, it's an interesting thing about your flesh. I mean, it can figure out all kinds of things. It can reason its way and try to wiggle its way out of everything. But the reality is, praise God, that when you and I put our hand to something, you know, God will bless the work of our hands. So I'm, I'm talking about this simple example of, you know, the necessity and the need to work. And the reality is, is that if you'll get the right kind of attitude, work can actually be fun. And not only that, but you'll see the, the produce or the, the work of your hand, and it'll bless you. Praise God. So you can be glad in that. The Bible tells us that the hand of the diligent will rule. I mean, you know, it's, it's like I just heard somebody, Tony Cook was talking about this. He said, the early bird gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. Well, that might be true about that second mouse, but the reality is, you know, that we have to show diligence in our personal life, and sometimes that means, praise God, having to be first. The hand of the diligent will bear rule, but a lazy man will be put into forced labor. You know, it's, it, it's so rewarding to, to work towards getting to a place to where you can do what you want to because you want to, not because you have to. Well, it does take diligence, and, you know, it takes work but you can get yourself into a position praise God where you can really enjoy life if you'll be diligent where your life is concerned. The Bible says he who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Hallelujah. He who gathers in summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son that causes shame. So again, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, if this doesn't sit well with you, all I can tell you is is this is what the Bible says, so we might as well get in sync with and begin to march according to these rules so that God can bring his blessing into our lives because we found ourselves to be diligent. So if the word of God is to influence my life, if the word of God is to influence your life, and I know that you wanted to, you wouldn't be listening to me tonight. If you didn't want to have something, you know, as a matter of benefit or input within your life, if you want that to influence your life, then you and I, we have to. Everybody say have to. We have to come under the influence of God's Word. Like I said, you know, if it, talking about being diligent and having to work, you don't have to, you know, come underneath the instruction that the Bible gives us about that if you don't want to. You say, well, I don't believe that, you know, I know I can do this, or, you know, I'm going to win the lottery or whatever the case might be. You know, it's, it's interesting because people spend hundreds of dollars in, in a convenience store or something like that, buying the ticket because by golly, this is going to be my deal. And you know, the reality is is that so many people lose, 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 lose. And you know, once in a, and they've got it set up, you know, so that they'll bait you a little bit and they'll give you five bucks here, 10 or 50 or whatever the number is. And what's that do? It keeps you coming back. But at the end of the day, my friend, it is not designed for you to win. It is designed to take your money from you. So there might be a better way for us to be able to invest our money and have a, a a better influence. So thank God for His Word, Amen. Praise God. You know, so again, if if the Word is going to influence my life, I have to be I have to come under its submission. All right. So when I was first saved, I was 19 years of age. got married or got uh, born again, uh, the 27th day of August. I gave my heart to Jesus. I was coming home after a Bible study and. And I finally got to the place to where I surrendered all of my heart, all my soul, and all of my mind. You know, I would played games with God. You know, a lot of people want fire insurance, but they don't really want to give them. They don't, they don't want to give God all of their heart. Well, thank God I come to the place of realizing that I needed him and that I was willing. Everybody say willing. I was willing to give him everything of my life and let him take the lead. In other words, he would be the one that determined the cadence for my life and that I was going to follow him in, in whatever it is that he said. Now, I got to tell you, when I first got saved, 19-year-old kid, what I, the decision that I made was not necessarily popular. Matter of fact, it wasn't. Yet right on the other hand, there were many people that were coming into the kingdom of God at that same time, just as there are today, because people were making decisions to become followers of Jesus. And so when I got saved, I had a lot of bad behaviors that were displeasing to God, just like everybody does. You know, when you're coming out of the world, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the one guy says, you know, you got to catch your fish before you can clean them. You know, a lot of times we want to, you know, have some scathing kind of response to people because maybe they're just not living right and whatever, you know, they've recently been saved and what are you doing, you know, living in sin or whatever. Well, like I said, it takes a while to get some people cleaned up, did me, probably did you too if you think back a little bit. So, you know, let's uh, give some people some uh, space and let's encourage them, praise God, and exhort them, draw them nearer to God, help them to become strengthened so that they can stand against the flesh or whatever it is that seems to be dominating in their, in, them in their life so that they can enjoy victory. Did you know God wants to give you victory? Hallelujah. He wants you to be free from whatever it is that you're dealing with. But, you know, when I gave him all of my heart and, and uh, he started to lead me, he started to lead me in a different direction. It, it, it started, first of all, when I was reading the Bible, I began to, you know, see things in the Word of God that I'd never ever seen before. Hallelujah. The Bible says that His Word is a, a, a lamp unto my feet, and it's a light to my path. And I began to learn. There are so many things I didn't know. Just like so many people, you know, today, they just, they don't know. And that's why God gave us His Word so that we could, again, know the truth, and the truth make us free. And so... <clears throat> you know, he started leading me in this other direction. And I got to tell you guys, I mean, uh, the direction that he was leading me in was not a popular direction. Because all of a sudden I stopped partying, you know, I stopped doing so many of the things, you know, that people do and they're, they're partying, drinking, smoking, all of these different kinds of things. And no matter what it is that you're smoking, just whatever, you know, and, and I stopped doing these things, well, that became unpopular with the people that I once hung out with, or the people that I, you know, was um, uh, living my life with. And uh, here's the thing that you have to realize saint of God, believer, maybe you've never made a decision to receive Christ. You know, you can, you can pray right there in the privacy of your own home or wherever you are, and you can say, Jesus, I need you. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I tell you, it'll change your life forever. If you'll give him your life, all your heart, your soul, your mind, and, and you, know, you know your heart, you know, and, and, and if you mean business with God and you ask him to forgive you and come into your heart, I tell you, he said he would come and make his home within you. And I, I don't have time to explain what, what that means, but the reality is, is that you can be born again. Just like what Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, and you can look at that if you like. But, you know, here's what you have to realize, that if you, if you are if you are going to march... To the beat of a different drummer, and that drummer is Jesus. Then you have to understand <laughs> that there might not be that many uh, people in your band. As a matter of fact, there are times when you decide you're gonna you're gonna you know march with Jesus. You're gonna be a follower of Jesus, and you're the only one in the band. But the reality is, praise God, I'm telling you, you are in good company and it won't always be that way. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just got to break those ties. You just got to, you know, you know, cast off those garments, man, and walk the other way and decide that you're going to be a follower of him. And, you know, sometimes it seems so ominous. It seems so dark. It's like, you know, am I, am I, am I going the right direction? Am I really going to make it all these things? Listen, be assured that if you're following him you're going to make it and you're going to be able to enjoy the life that Jesus came to give us John 10:10 I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly isn't that awesome what a what a scripture man I'm telling you powerful I came so that you could have life and life more abundant. The thief, the devil, comes to steal, to kill, destroy. I can't tell you how many times that we'd go out and we'd party. You know, we'd work all week and we'd get our paycheck. And we go out over the weekend and blow it. You know, and you wake up on Monday morning and you have nothing left. Wow, wasn't that great? You know, that's exactly what the devil does. You know, he promises you everything and yet he steals and takes everything everything away from you. Dear friend, I'm telling you there is a better way of life and you can accomplish it through a simple means of praying a prayer and asking Jesus to become the Lord of your life. Aren't you tired of the mess that you find yourself in all of the time, all of the fighting, all of the lack, the deficiency, the the there's no peace All of these different kinds of things, that's not life. That's not what God intended for you, dear friend. I'm telling you, He came so that you could be delivered from all of that. And the Bible simply says that whosoever will call on the name of the Lord can and shall be saved. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that you're not good enough, or you've made so many mistakes, or you're so far down the road, you know, that there's no redemption for someone like you. It's a lie. I'm telling you, it is a flat-out lie. The Bible says that if anyone comes to me, I will for no reason turn them away. Listen, friend, I'm telling you, Jesus loves you. He loved you enough to come to this earth-born existence and give his life as a ransom for all hallelujah, and the door is wide open. He's calling. He's asking you to, to let him into your life. It's your choice. It's not fate. It's not left up to something else. It's not predestination. It's a choice that you make as an individual. And listen, no one can stop you. Listen, do some thinking for yourself. You know, it may not, may not be the most popular thing, but who cares We're talking about eternal everlasting life. We're talking about a life that is different on this earth before we go to the next realm, which is either heaven or hell. And so, dear friend, I'm telling you, God loves you, praise God. He wants the best for you. And that is the method, a simple prayer, to ask him to come into your heart and become the Lord of your life. You can you can right there in your living room, you can you can get down on one knee or on your knees and say Jesus, I need you. Please come into my heart and forgive me of all my sin. And and I make you the Lord of my life. I want to be saved. I'm telling you friend, if you'll pray that prayer, God will change your life and he will do it in a <laughs> a glorious kind of way. Hallelujah. And so I hope that you'll take advantage of what it is that Jesus is offering you. Glory to God. Well, you know, there's a lot of other things that we could talk about here this evening, but you know, here's the thing. God loves you. He cares about you. He wants the best for you. And the way that that happens is when you and I get in cadence with what it is that he said. You know, I encourage you. You know, believers, I, I turn my attention to those of you that know him. I'm telling you, you know, when you read these parables, I want you to think about what it is that Jesus said, how he explained what was happening there, and then, and then examine your life in the light of what it is. Have the cares of this world? Have the deceitfulness of riches? Are you chasing money? Huh? You know, Paul said in another place, charge those that are rich in this world not to put their trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us all things richly to enjoy. You know, is it, is it your bank account that you're thinking is going to keep you, that's going to sustain you? I can tell you this much about it, nothing could be further from the truth, but Jesus He said he gives us all things richly to enjoy. I tell you what, not only will he take care of your bank account, but he'll take care of you when you put him first, when you let him be Lord Lord of your life. Glory to God. I tell you, I have just preached myself so happy. Hallelujah. I'm ready for popcorn and Pepsi right now. Hallelujah. I mean, God is so good, you guys. Come on. You know, we have so much to be thankful for. We can rejoice in the goodness of God. Hallelujah. You know, so many people, they're walking around with their heads down, you know, and all of this and that and the other. I'm telling you what the very best of heaven is yet to come in the life of the believer, the child of God. If we'll just trust him, believe him. You know, I mean there's so many promises in the word of God about our situation. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's just so good. You know, the 91st Psalm, you know, belongs to you, my friend. Hallelujah. And he promised that he'd give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. I don't know about you, but that excites me. I mean, that just thrills my heart. Hallelujah. So I don't have to be filled with care. I don't have to have anxiety. I don't have to be worrying about this, that, or the other, anything. Glory to God, God. You know, last time I checked, Jesus was still on the throne. So glory to God, let's rejoice in Him. Let's put the Word of God first place within our lives. Come on, and let's listen to what it is that, that, that He is saying to us because I'm telling you, my friend, God's got a plan for your life, and it's a good one. And if we'll just give, you know, uh, uh, a hearing ear to what it is that He says, we'll be blessed. You know, I asked you some time ago to turn to Joshua 1 and chapter chapter 1, verse 8. Look at that verse of Scripture. This is a instruction that, that God was giving to Joshua to help him to have good success. He was going to become the leader of the nation of Israel, and so he gave him some guidance. And he talked about being courageous and strong and different things of that nature. But notice the 8th verse there. It says, but this book of the law or the word of God shall not depart from your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein Day and night, in other words, some regularity to what it is that you're being exposed to, as far as the Bible is concerned, huh? Why? So that you may observe to do according to all that is written uh, therein. You know, this is just a little side thought. You know, but you remember when uh, the servant came back? He brought Rebecca back. Uh, you know, from from the land. Uh, from which Abraham and Isaac and Jacob had come from, and he's bringing this gal back. The Bible says that Isaac was out in the field meditating. Huh? Get a load of that. In other words, he's just you know thinking about the word, thinking about God, thinking about you know what it is that he said. So, so these here, these the scripture we're reading, it says, meditate there in day and night that thou mayest observe to do. According to all that is written therein. Now listen to this, for then and only then shall you make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Glory to God. I tell you what, that that blesses me. Glory to God. Listen to me. Let me make one final, I gotta stop here, but let me make one final statement to you. God's word you know, the laws of God, however you want to put it, the, the, the Word of God, you know, it, it, is, it is not intended in any way, in any way to punish you. It is intended to bless you. I, you know, before I gave my heart to the Lord, you know, people say, you need, a, you need to make a commitment to Christ. And I knew it. I knew it, just like maybe you know it. But, but, but my reasoning was that if I do that, Then I'm going to have to give up this and I won't be able to do this and I won't be able to do that, whatever the case might be. But the pain and the agony in my heart was greater than that reasoning. And I finally surrendered my heart to him so that, praise God, I could be saved. Hallelujah. And so you need to understand this, dear friend. Here I am back with you again. But you need to understand this the Word of God how he has designed life is not intended to punish you in any way. As a matter of fact, nothing could be further from the truth. I'm telling you what, his word is designed for one reason and that only, and that is to bless you. Glory to God. So I trust that you will take advantage of just that uh, uh, as we come to a close this evening because, uh, you know, just stop believing the lies of the devil and start believing what the Bible has to say, and you'll be blessed. Blessed you know, glory to God. Some of you at home, you know, it's been tough. Uh, You've had different circumstances that maybe you've been having to deal with. Maybe there's just some friction relationally, you know, and things because we've all been locked up together or whatever. Listen to me. I'm telling you, Jesus is for you. He's on your side. And that person that's in your home is not your problem you know, praise God, begin to believe what the Bible has to say. The Bible says that love never fails. We've been given a commandment that we love one another as He loved us. The Bible says the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. You've got the love of God in there. You just got to let it out. Hallelujah. Let it be the thing that is guiding you. It's the cadence within your life that's giving substance and giving direction to the path and the way that you should go. Hallelujah. Listen, let me just pray with you. And um, those of you that may be listening or, or watching this broadcast, if you've never made a decision to receive Jesus, listen, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And and the reason being is, is because it'll change your life and it'll give you new direction. And, and when you pray, if, if there's somehow uh, that you could contact us just to let us know, we'd like to help you in your walk, but that's your choice. I mean, we can't We won't know in any way other than you reaching out to us, and we hope that you will. So, if you would, please bow your heads and let's pray together. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you for it, in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for others that are watching the broadcast this evening. And God, I just I, I ask you, Father God, to strengthen them with might by your Spirit in their inner man. What I mean by that, Lord, is, is that help them to know that your living word is true. That, Father God, that they, they, they shouldn't become impatient. They shouldn't become weary in well-doing. But, God, may they be strengthened, praise God, to carry on. And do what it is that you promise, so that they can enjoy life's very, very best. So that heaven can come to earth and bless not only them, but everybody in their family. And Father, I thank you for strengthening them and their families in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, one more thing I'd like to mention to you. And I want to thank you in advance for your generosity and your giving. Of course, there's numerous ways that you could give. Uh, to the church, to Fellowship Church, uh, you can do it by simply uh, making out an offering and sending it in the mail. PO Box 195, Oakland, Iowa. Fellowship Church. Make your checks payable to Fellowship Church. Also, you can text to give. That information should be available to you there on the screen, and you can uh, give in that way. And then, of course, you can do it online as well. If you'll just go to the Fellowship Church uh, Give, it'll it'll afford you an opportunity to be able to give that way. So, thank you so much. Uh, for your support of the local church, keeping it strong so that we can continue doing what we're doing. Uh, we're excited about our future. Glory to God. We're going to get back to the real normal, not, not their normal, but the real normal. Hallelujah. And we're going to live life and do life as Jesus would have us to. And so thank you so much for being with us this evening. We trust that this has been a blessing to you. Praise God. And I've got to tell you, we'll be looking forward to seeing you again in the near future. God bless you.